We're here starting your day right with Marketing Espresso, your marketing caffeine hit of the day. Hello, hello. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Marketing Espresso. I'm a little bit excited for today's episode. It's a bit longer than usual and I'm okay with that because today's guest is someone that I think has such an important message to bring to the show and bring to the listeners that's a little bit different to our usual vibe in that it's actually, there's a lot of science going on here, guys. Like, I'm really excited to share this with you. I'm really excited to introduce my guest. Today, we have Rob Volpe on the show, and he is an astute observer of life and master storyteller who brings empathy and compassion to the human experience. As the CEO of Ignite360, he leads a team of insight strategy and creative professionals serving the world's leading brands across a range of industries. He is the author of Tell Me More About That, Solving the Empathy Crisis, One Conversation at a Time, as a thought leader in the role of empathy in marketing and the workplace. He is a contributor to Entrepreneurs Leadership Network and frequently speaks on the topic at conferences, corporations, with colleagues, podcasts, and with the media. He also lives in my one of my favorite cities in America, San Francisco, with his husband and three cats and I'm so excited to introduce Rob. Rob, thank you so much for joining me on Marketing Espresso today. I'm so excited to have you here and I think everyone listening is going to be really loving this episode because it's very different to everything else thank that we you. do. Thank I'm you, really Becca. excited. I am too. I'm so excited to be here. Now, a bit of background. Rob and I have just been speaking for like a good hour because <laughs> we get along a little bit too well. So this episode may end up being a long one. It may not. So it might be a little bit longer than you guys are used to, but I think there's going to be so many nuggets in here that you're really going to enjoy. So Rob, talk to us about empathy and marketing. Oh my gosh. Marketing, empathy, to me, kind of go hand in hand. Like you've got, you can't do marketing if you don't have empathy, whether you're in a sales role and you're trying to persuade somebody to buy a product, whether you're, you know, in, in an R&D sort of brand management role, you're trying to come up with a new product service, you need marketing or empathy. You need to understand the needs, the wants, you need to, to see the perspective of your consumer so that you can make those better products or services. Similarly, if you're doing advertising and and marketing communications, you've got to understand the point of view of your consumer, where they're coming from. If you're going to try to persuade them to buy into your brand or change their their perception of your brand. So empathy is just, it's a key factor in, in all business, in all business roles, but in particular in marketing, because we're not just dealing with each other. Like you might say you work in finance or something, you're dealing with, you know, your other accountants and, and whatnot. But in marketing, you're dealing with consumers and you have and they are different from you. They are not you. So you kind of have to get step into some discomfort and, and get to know who they are and, and understand their perspective and, and see the world from their point of view. Yeah, I love that. And I think, I mean, over our conversations, because we actually have talked before this as well, you already spoke sparked so much like thoughts in me because you you were already explaining to me all the different kinds of empathy. And I would could absolutely love you to dive into that for us because I think when people think empathy, they just think, oh, I need to emotionally connect with someone. I need to understand them in an emotional way. And we instantly go to that emotional kind of, I guess, 
belief around empathy, but you've explained to me that it's a little bit deeper than that. It is a lot more complicated than that. And there's a lot of misunderstanding of empathy and what it is and how to use it. And so, yeah, thank you for giving me the opportunity to demystify some of it. And the first thing that I like to to tell people is we are all born with the ability to have empathy, just in the way that a baby is born with the muscles that will they will ultimately be able to walk and run with in their legs and stand. We're born with the ability to have empathy. We just need to have those opportunities to strengthen those muscles, just like a baby starts to crawl and then gets stronger and is able to stand and you're giving it opportunities to then walk and then ultimately run. We need those same opportunities around empathy um, to build those muscles up and, and to get stronger. So that's kind of the first thing. You're all We're all born with it. The second one is I, I often describe empathy as this E word people are afraid of, like emotions. And like, <laughs> Mm, scary, uncomfortable. No, no, no. And there are, there. it's not as scary as it sounds because empathy isn't all about feeling the feelings of somebody else as them. That is one type of empathy. It's emotional empathy. But there's another type of empathy that's called cognitive empathy. And that is what I believe we use and need to rely on more often in our day-to-day interactions, whether it's at work or if we're running our errands and going to the the market or or whatever, or dealing with our neighbors, it's about cognitive empathy. So it's seeing the point of view of other people. And that's more rational. You know, it still has some kind of connection to the heart, but it's a much more rational exercise in, in, that's in the head. You're trying to see where somebody else is coming from. And you use that as like another data point in your decision making or whatever it is that you're you're having to to do. Yeah, I love that. You actually described it to me in the first time that we chatted. You described it to me as like you took it back to like the dawn of humanity. Oh yes, when would, we're living in caves. Yes, I would love you to do that for everyone listening because this blew my mind actually. Because uh, I think people still probably would get confused between like, okay, cool, cognitive empathy. How do I switch that on? Because right, like, right, yeah, because yes. like a lot of people probably actually do struggle with that because they're so you know we we do get stuck in the way that we've been brought up or and all of those things. So talk us through it. All right. So yeah, going deeper on emotional and cognitive empathy. So imagine we're back in cave dwelling times and you've got the people that are living with you in your cave. Those are the people, they're probably your family, they're probably some close friends maybe, and they have the same kind of values, beliefs, rituals um, that, that you do. So you probably have more emotional empathy with them. You can feel what they're feeling because you're so close and, and tight-knit. And then cognitive empathy is what you use when the people from the cave down the road come over to visit and they look like you, they might sound like you, but they have different rituals, beliefs, opinions, and behaviors. They are quote unquote other. And that just means that they like, literally aren't living in your close knit, you know, immediate community. You don't understand exactly where they're coming from. You can't feel the feelings that they're having. But let's say they come over and they're like, hey, we just developed this thing called farming. And so we want to take the land in front of our caves, cut down all the trees plant stuff, grow it, and we'll be able to eat off of that. You know, if you're in the the hunter-gatherer cave, you'd be like, what? You're crazy. Um, And apologies (laughs) to any paleoanthropologists. I know this is also totally like mishmashing (laughs) mashup of land of the lost sort of analogy here, but let's just keep going with it. So you've got the folks from the uh, the farming cave and we're in the hunter-gatherer cave. 
I can't totally relate to their emotional needs, but I can understand where they're coming from. They've come up with something new that's going to be help them provide for their family. And I can relate to that because I've created the rapid fire bow and arrow system, you know, or I don't know what that would be, but some way to hunt better, hunt more efficiently, the semi-automatic of hunting uh, back in the hunter-gatherer days. So I get that because I want to feed and provide for the people in my cave as well. So you've got these two different caves and, and you're not necessarily going to get to an emotional spot, but you can see where they're coming from. And by understanding like, okay, I get it. You're going to, you know, you want to do this. You want to clear the, the land here. Great. We can now start to collaborate and problem solve together and maybe ideate a solution because I understand where you're coming from. And hopefully you from the farming cave are going to understand where I'm coming from when I say to you, well, you know what? We need this patch of trees here because it's got some symbolic significance to the people in my cave or the children love to climb those trees or whatever. We can't totally clear that out. And they might go, oh, okay, that's, you know, that's cool. We get it. And that's how cognitive empathy works. So think about, yeah. So think about like when you're leaving your cave, It's all the other people that you're running into. So it's everybody that you work with. They're other from you. You may be on the same quote unquote team, but they all actually dwell in different, you know, caves. Mm, And I think when he was describing that, the only thing I could keep thinking of, well, at the end of the day, we all had the same basic need. And the same basic need in that sense was to feed the people in our cave, like to to feed our tribe, like, you know, and I, I think that's, yeah, I think that's really cool. Actually, it's a really great, easy way to understand it. And it's a really great, easy way. Like if you're thinking, do I need to be more empathetic, you know, to those around me? Well, it's actually not that hard to switch on because it's no one's asking you to, it's just about understanding. It's not about actually getting the emotion and getting to that emotional spot, which I think honestly, every single time I've heard empathy described before, it has always been around that emotional. If someone's like crying, should you cry with them? Or <laughs> like, and that's considered empathy. It's like, well, no, it's so much deeper than that. And I love that description, even though it was, yeah. it was a great analogy, actually, Rob. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Thank you. It's, it's, it's expanded as since I first, since we first chatted. <laughs> Um, I keep adding to it. There's more details. Like this was the first time I used the semi-automatic bow and arrow system because, you know, as you can tell from my accent, I live in the States and it's just a little crazy over here right now. Yeah. Well, that was the other thing I was going to say to you. We are living, and I think a lot of business owners I'm talking to, and you you mentioned you're having similar conversations and just a lot of people in general at the moment, they're struggling because our world is shifting a lot. You know, we've had two years of lockdowns, COVIDs, like, depending where you are in the world, you've definitely probably been, everyone's been affected. Like I think, you know, every single person can say they've got a story from the past two years of a day that they were struggling or, you know, something they've had to overcome. And businesses also have really, you know, we've had to see them and I'm going to use the word pivot. And now they're like, can we just pivot back to the way it was before? But the, the truth is no one actually really wants to go back to the way it was before. So we're seeing this, I think, so right now in business, in society, in everything, I think empathy is really important. It's huge now more than ever. And, you know, 
give me an example of when the genie got put back into the bottle. It doesn't happen that way. I mean, we are all walking around with like PTSD in some form or another. We're all wounded more than we have been. And one of the things that's been driving, you know, they call it the great resignation here in the States, that you know, millions and millions of people are leaving their jobs every month for perceived greener pastures. And a lot of times the reason why they're leaving their job the surveys have found is that they weren't feeling support from their leaders from an empathetic perspective. And, you know, starting all the way up at the C-suite, but even to their individual manager, and they needed that. Like they had kids doing cartwheels behind them during Zoom calls. And like, <laughs> it was mad. Or partners walking behind naked. I think that happened a fair bit. <laughs> exactly. And we weren't given that that's i mean rarely do i find a manager training manual that's available but certainly how to deal with you know zoom calls and and all the things that were going on wasn't part of it either there was no training that was already set up and so we were all doing the best we could to adapt and it wasn't always good enough for many people and so you, you've seen this huge shift and movement that's happening and so now it's upon leaders to brush up their empathy skills like it is a whole new world like there's a big reset button that's been pushed and that's why you're seeing you know, yes, there are some companies where the leadership is saying, nope, we're paying a lot for the rent. You're going to be back in the office five days a week. That's what's important. And some people like that. Others don't. Others are in this hybrid situation and others are like, hey, we can be fully remote. That's all good. And we're all working through it. And we need to have some empathy. We need to understand the points of view and where everybody's coming from. So if you're a leader and you're having to make those decisions you know, you need to listen to your employees and understand where they're coming from and things that are going on. They may have found that they're more productive or feel they can contribute in a better way when they're working remotely from home because they don't have, they don't like the distractions of the office. They don't really care about the politics and they want to be an individual contributor and kick butt. And that's great. Or maybe they want, you know, they've, they've grown in appreciation for coaching, you know, their, their kids' football team and, and helping out in the intramural sort of space and that engagement and that time with the family. So leaders have to be adapting to that and having empathy and listen. And, and really that's about listening and mm -hmm. taking in that point of view and then considering it in the, the decisions that are being made. Yeah. And I think it can, the same can be said for consumers too, because oh. consumer behaviors changed too. Like, you know, we've, we've seen like during the pandemic, everyone thought, oh my God, like the global economy is just going to die. Like, but interesting, I don't know what it was like in the US, but in Australia, we saw like e-commerce just go through the roof. Oh, and then, yeah. but now it's dived a little bit, obviously. So people are like, well, how do I keep getting these consumers coming through my store? Like, and I think there's an, there's a, a way that we can use empathy to make that happen as well. Well, and it's, yeah. And we've seen the same thing here in the States, the e-commerce, the ordering online, you know, some of it's order online, pick up in store, Opus as they call it, um, or just order it and ship it to me. It has grown significantly and yeah, it, things, things are going to settle, but they're never going to go back to the way they were. They're going to find a new sort of stasis, a new, new, I hate the word, but normal. And so, yeah, you've got to be constantly paying attention to how your consumers are behaving and what's driving their behavior and their decisions. We're talking to some consumers right now because, you know, there's inflation going on and it's, you know, 
pretty high in the United States and in other parts of the world. And our our gas or petrol prices are yeah. also astronomical compared yeah. to where they really are. And we, with the exception of a few cities in the US, we do not have good mass transit. That is just not an option for most people. So you have a, a car and it's probably a larger, you know, SUV pickup type vehicle and people are consuming lots of gas and it's become really expensive. And yet your paycheck is only what your paycheck is. So what are the trade-offs that people are having to make right now? And that might be your brand. You don't necessarily know. And it's not always in the obvious. The conversation I had with a consumer today was really interesting. He was talking about you know shopping at Costco, which is a big warehouse retailer. I think they're in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. We do have Costco actually. Yeah. yeah. Not many, but we've got them. Yeah. So you're buying in large quantity and everything. And he was talking about how the price of like these frozen lasagnas had gone up from $15 to $22. And he was like, it's crazy. It's too expensive. So he's not buying them anymore. And, and it wasn't because he had a, you know, and he's retired. So he doesn't have a ton of cash coming in, but he's comfortable. And I asked him, so like, what's driving that decision? You know, is it because you need the money for gas? You're trying to move things around? And he's like, no, it's just too expensive. I don't want to pay it. And I was like, well, what would get you to to buy it again? And he was like, you know, Costco will do a sale at some point where it'll be $17. And, you know, maybe you have to buy two of them. Then I would buy it again. But I'm not going to do it at, at 22. And so it's like, okay, what's really changing his... He, he, he has a price value equation. Mm-hmm. And that lasagna has now ex- it's out of balance, and he doesn't see the value in a twenty-two dollar tray of, of frozen lasagna. So they've lost him as a customer. And you lose too many of those, you're going to lose sales. You're, even though you've Im- increased your prices, your revenue is going to go down. So yeah. they need to find that that sweet spot. Um, so you've got to constantly constantly be listening and thinking about how your consumer is reacting. Understand what that point of no return is for them. What's that $22 lasagna equivalent? And then include that in all of your calculations because there's obviously other factors going into play. You may have you know, labor shortages in your factory and the costs for labor are going up. The costs of ingredients are going up. Supply chain issues. You're dealing with gas prices and transporting your stuff to the Costco warehouses has gone up. So, but you've got to consider all of that as you're taking your your decision on what you're going to do. Maybe it's better to shrink the size of the lasagna to keep it below twenty dollars and keep the consumer versus what we've always done and and pricing it at like twenty two. Yeah, and I think the lesson here is start asking the questions. Yeah, because often as businesses we're like, okay, we know that we're we're going through this tough time. We know that you know we're facing X Y Z, and we're just going to do X Y Z as a response rather than actually surveying our greatest customers, the people that are super loyal, like that lasagna customer is so loyal. And so asking those questions, understanding what's making them drive at the moment, that's how we can make informed decisions and get through these tough times. And, you know, I've often talk about the fact that some of the biggest businesses we see today were born out of economic downturns or, you know, and, and tough times, you know, so it's real, especially in the U S there's a lot of major companies that were born in like 2008, which was like, how did that happen? But the truth is it's the businesses that are doing this different style of marketing as in consumer based marketing, like true consumer based marketing, like understanding the people that it is you're serving that are going to make it through. And you're right. Like why shrink the lasagna by like 
a little bit. Cadbury does it all the time here and people get outraged. <laughs> but they buy it. 100% because people are addicted to chocolate, but that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> right. Well, and the ice cream manufacturers here in the US, I think it was during the last, re- the Great Recession in 08, 09, they reduced the pint size. So ice cream is no longer the imperial pint that it used to be. It's like uh-huh. three quarters of a pint. <laughs> um, and they look a little funny on the shelf, but it's at the same price because they found, I think there were some articles so people could go into the great Google verse and, and find it. Hagendas and Ben and Jerry's brands here in the US did that. And there were some articles about how they found that consumers had this threshold. They weren't going to go above a certain price point, but still wanted their chubby hubby. And so they were, and not that they were trying to make their husband chubby, but <laughs> It's a time of ice cream. Flavor. Yeah. <laughs> Just to make sure people were clear. Yeah, that they they still wanted the ice cream and they were willing to sacrifice a little bit of it and not have to pay too much more. So it helped them maintain normal, ultimately. Like they could have what they wanted, the ice grape premium brand of ice cream, but not sacrifice elsewhere and have to trade off. Yeah, I love that. I think, honestly, Rob, you've given us so much insight into, I think- especially at the moment, because people are feeling a little bit overwhelmed. They're feeling a little bit fearful. And I think that as leaders, we actually have to lead the way as to how to get through these times. And that is building that empathy muscle. And I love that you describe it as a muscle. So one question I'm going to ask you, how can someone start today to build that empathy muscle a little bit more? Like what's a tip that you would pass on to sort of start using that muscle? Can't just get share one tip. So I'll share a couple. So. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> The first, the first thing I would want to tell people is like, don't be afraid of this. It does take some courage to have empathy, and yet there, one of the the big things I hear from leaders when I talk to them about empathy is they're afraid that they're going to be seen as weak if they display empathy. And actually, the the opposite is true. Empathy is another data point. It's going to help you with all of the different skills you need, communication, the decision-making, all the stuff, to be a better leader, to be a stronger leader, and to make stronger connections with your, your teams. So that's the sort of first thing. Have that be okay getting uncomfortable with this. And then there's there's five steps that we've identified over the years at Ignite, my firm, Ignite360. We've been um, doing a lot of engagements with consumers and clients and helping make that connection. And we've just seen these barriers happen and, and looking at some of the other research that's out there and consulting with social scientists and, and psychologists. And so it, it boils down to five things. The first one is to dismantle your judgment. And that's actually, we're talking about being judgmental, not not making a judgment. You still have to make, a, and making a judgment would be to decide to shrink the lasagna tray or raise the price. You're making a judgment call there. Being judgmental is casting aspersion on somebody. It would be discounting that consumer that I was talking about because, oh, well, he doesn't know what he talk, he's talking about. Oh, he's just one you know, one retiree who cares about, you know, mm. them. And that, and that judgment comes up. I'm not kind of making all these things up. So that, that's something you've got to dismantle because you're never going to understand who they are and have empathy with somebody if you're being judgmental. So that's the first point. The second one is to ask good questions and that's to be really open. And I won't get into it here. Maybe we do that on another espresso shot. But you want to ask why without asking the question or using the word why. You want to ask more exploratory questions, things that help people understand and feel comfortable sharing where they're going. And if you can ask those 
exploratory open questions that don't threaten people, you're going to get much richer information as a result. And that's going to give, it's just more information. It's going to give you better data. Third step is to actively listen. And that's about being present in the conversation. Put your cell phone aside, put down the, the laptop and pay attention. Like, you know, really actively listen with your ears as well as with your eyes. Like what are the nonverbal cues that are, are coming up from somebody that you might be sensing? And use your intuition as well. What's your gut telling you? We're and humans are one of the few species that will ignore like the hair standing up on the back of our, our arms or on the back of our neck when there's danger or we're worried about something. That's our intuition telling us like, no, don't go down that dark alley. We ignore and go, oh, but it's a shortcut. I'm going to go there. And then bad things happen. And, you know, your intuition's like, told you. Um, <laughs> so when you're talking to somebody, trust your gut. What's what's your gut telling you? Like, maybe there's something else here I might ask and I should ask and inquire about and, and introduce that topic. The next step, the fourth step is integrate into understanding. So that's making sense in your head that just because I like chocolate ice cream doesn't mean somebody else can't like vanilla ice cream. Like, no, the reality is there are different ways, different types of ice cream that people like. Some people like their lasagna with spinach, others do not. That's okay. <laughs> Don't be judgmental about it. Be curious about it instead and make room in your head that there are different points of view. And if you can understand that, then you can start to explore and have conversation about it. The final step is using solution imagination. So that's when you've cleared the other things out of the way. You've really gotten there. You feel like you've got this connection with somebody. You're at a place of empathy and you are stepping into their shoes and imagining what it might be like for them to experience something and then continuing the conversation with that understanding in mind. So you're trying to clarify for yourself and get even more, you know, information, more connection, more understanding. And ta-da, you've reached empathy. I love that. That is great. And they're actually actionable points. Like you can go away and you can actually start realizing in conversations, am I listening or am I worried about how many likes I've had on that Instagram photo? Or, you know, like it sounds lame, but that's what people are like these days, right? Like, you know, we are glued to our phones. So I love that. I think every single point you've given there, you've exactly taught someone how they can engage in being more empathetic and build that muscle. And one day it'll just come subconscious that you do that. And I love that. I love Thank it. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you, Rob. I think that's fantastic. And look, I think I'll wrap us up because we could talk forever, but thank you so much for joining me today. It's just been amazing. I think so many people are going to get so much from this episode. So thank you for your time. Beck, thank you so much. This has just been such a joy. Yeah, likewise. I'm sure we will do another episode. <laughs> I look forward to it. <laughs> <laughs>